0: How's it going my brothers and sisters? This is Steve Kitts. Thank you for joining us on During Bible Study Podcast. We'll open up in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you Lord for your wonderful grace and love. We thank you Lord that you're with us and that these words Lord that you give us is something we can put in our hearts and use for your glory. Lift you up and give you the honor. In your blessed name we beg. Amen. Up against the Red Sea. We wanted to talk about how God helps us when We're at a nowhere to win place. We see in Exodus 14, verses 5 through 10, it was where the chosen people were delivered out of Egypt and they came up against the Red Sea. Verse 5 says, And it was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the hearts of Pharaoh and his servants turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let the Israelites go from serving us? And he said, Ready his chariots, and took his people with him. And he took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt, and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. The Egyptians pursued after them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamped by the sea besides phila before baal And this is when Pharaoh drew nigh And the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now we see here from these verses that Pharaoh was really coming after and wanting to uh, attack or bring back his slaves that he had just freed because they'd went through the plagues and uh, even lost his firstborn child. All this had to happen to show the children, the chosen people, the power that God had over all the Egyptian gods. And that's another podcast that we've done before. But the Israelites accused Moses of not dealing with them fairly and murmured that they should not have been led out of Egypt. They'd been through some miracles and now they have forgotten. This had just occurred days after they'd went through with a high hand in the sight of the Egyptians joyful that they were free now the high hand means that they went through and they gathered up all the rubies, the jewelry, the gold anything that they wanted to take from the Egyptians they went in and they took and they loaded up their carts and they took off Uh, they were really rewarding themselves for their freedom and taking whatever they wanted So. That could be another reason why the Egyptians were mad. They had been robbed, I guess, by the chosen people. But the chosen people, how quickly their faith evaporated when fear began to close in on them. Sounds familiar to a lot of Christians I know. When you start getting attacked, your faith sort of wavers a little bit. The Egyptians and their horses and their chariots, all shining bright army and the might of Egypt was represented there. The Israelites' backs were up against the the sea, the Red Sea, and they could see death sentence approaching them as fast as the horses could pull that chariot. They thought of their lives were hanging in the balance when they saw this big army coming towards them, the dust cloud, and and you could hear the screams and the, the galloping of the horses. The end of their lives was very quickly coming within view. Had not God given them enough evidence through all his plagues and all his evidence of power that had just happened throughout Egypt been enough? Had he not given them enough evidence to impact their thinking, clearing, dividing the Israelites from the Egyptians, beginning with the fourth plague? All the plagues fell on Egypt and none of them fell on the Israelites, even though they were right there next to each other God has a pinpoint accuracy on what He does. Had He not impressed their minds enough with the Passover, with the blood of the Lamb enabling them to survive and the firstborn of the Egyptians die. We can learn and grow from this lesson. The principle all comes to our own personal Red Sea. Every one of us will fail repeatedly, just like Israel did when they lost their faith for a while. What we go through when we come up against our own personal Red Sea is very similar to what Israel went through. God rescued and chastised them, but He didn't dump them. He didn't leave them. God is still with them, even when they leave Him. He still blessed them and showed them that He was there for them when they were ready to come back. God's ready for you, too. Anytime you fail, don't think that your failure is greater than his love. We have that same wonderful love that God has for everybody. He doesn't leave. We have to believe in his power. He shows us that he will continue to work patiently with us, just as a teacher continues to work with a student that has fallen behind. Even though some fail and rarely do well at all a teacher is faced with the same principle that we're involved in with god a teacher doesn't want the student to fail so they use all their time and energy and efforts to encourage and instruct so that who is failing can turn it all around or catch a vision and begin to apply the right teachings god thinks of time in the same way a teacher does there's still time to catch this person's interest and turn things around. Therefore, God gave the Israelites 40 years to learn better lessons in the wilderness. I wanted to point out too, most everyone, well, every one of these slaves that was released from Egypt, that's the only thing they had known, being a slave. God had to change their mindset that they were no longer slaves, but a free people. That's a hard thing to do because a lot of people get stuck in that same rut of where they are, what they're doing, and they don't think that they're better than what they are at that moment. But God sees the wealth in somebody, the, the good in somebody, the, what you can be and what he wants to help you to be. You can be greater than your situation. You just have to have faith in God and let him lead you in the right direction. And this is really justified in Hebrews 11:29, 29, and it tells us, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Dr- Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. This shows us that the people did recover their faith in time to go through the Red Sea. A major reason why they turned themselves around may be largely because of the faithful leadership primarily by Moses and possibly others as well. They look to the leaders, those that say, God can do this. You can be one leader that turns somebody else's situation around. You may say, I'm not a leader. But yes, you are. God calls all of us to lead and to be an example and to show others of his goodness, to share and be disciples to the world. It ain't just the preacher's job or the evangelist or the uh, choir leader or the youth pastor. It's everybody's job. It said be ready to witness and to share God with the world. You could do that. I can do that. We just have to do it more. These chosen people exhibited a measure of faith, and God faithfully and duly records it. God knows when you exhibit your faith and he will open up a pathway. They walked across on dry land on this riverbed. And that's impossible if you look at the worldly view. But with God, nothing is impossible. This ought to encourage those of us who fail from time to time. Many times our faith has, we have failed God. But God patiently waits to continue to work with us until we come back to him. We cannot become discouraged, but keep on going because God will not stop. God is constantly encouraging us. I often think about Jesus when uh, we see visions of him or we we read about in the stories in the Bible where I looked into heaven and I saw Jesus standing at the throne of God. Well, sometimes they have him sitting, but the standing really gets me. I think Jesus is standing and cheering you on. That's what you do like at a ball game. You stand up and you cheer on your team and you say, you can do it. Well, Jesus is in heaven and he's saying, you can do it. I'm cheering for you. I've got your back. I'm here for you. And I understand you're going through something, but really I got you and I believe in you. You can do it. You can face that next hurdle. You can overcome that next obstacle. You can fight that enemy with my help. Oh my goodness, you people need to understand how good God is. And he will keep working with us. He'll keep taking our challenges and, and helping us through them. It's like David, when he faced Goliath, he didn't face Goliath because he just now realized God was with him. He knew God was with him when he faced the lion and the bear and all the other things. He knew that God could take him through that battle. Well, we have glass standing in front of us at times, and sometimes we have the lion and the bear. But with God's help and his training, and we got to believe that he has got us to this point for a reason that we can overcome. Well, we're going to go ahead and close in a prayer. And I thank you for this message. When you're up against something, know that God's with you. Have faith that he will take you through it. And you can walk through on dry land, Lord Heavenly Father. We thank and praise you. We lift you up, Lord, and we we know, Lord, that you're with us. We know that you have us here for a reason, for a purpose, and use us the way you want to use us. Give us the guidance and understanding, Lord, that we can get through any obstacle with your help. We thank and praise you, Lord, and we lift you up in your blessed name. It's a plush doll that talks. When you squeeze the hand, it speaks ten phrases that Jesus said in the Bible. From the Lord's Prayer to John 3.16 and everything in between.